This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and we got a music episode, uh, some of our favorite episodes we do here from Eugene, Oregon, uh, otherwise known as Tracktown, USA, also other known, uh, known as other nicknames. Warbling Creek Studio is our location today, um, a beautiful spot uh, where the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast is put together created by the hands of Peter Bauer, and I'm your creator and host, Ken Vellante. We have Michael Conley in from Nashville, um, recent uh, release, Nothing Risked. Uh, we got the, so we got a good setup here, something rather than nothing, and Nothing Risked with uh, Michael Conley. Michael, I wanted to just start the conversation right off and, 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 and talk about you as an artist, uh, your identity as an artist, uh, uh, musician. When did you see yourself uh, as an artist, as a creator? Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, I've always been uh, the creative type. Uh, growing up, I, uh, you know, I, I drew a lot. I wanted to be a comic book artist when I was, a, when I was a kid. Um, I played violin up until, um, up until high school, uh, got into theater and, uh, choir and then picked up guitar right out of high school. And I've always had that creative itch. I've never really, I could never pinpoint of when I've considered myself an artist. I'm always self-reflecting on the, um, the art that I am producing, um, whether or not it's good or whether or not it's bad. Um, but the fact that I continue to continue to strive and, 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 and create and, and self-reflect is kind of how I approach that, that part of myself as a creator, as an artist. Yeah. I, um, uh, in hearing about different ways of, of looking at art, I was thinking in audio and visual, and of course, um, lucky enough to hear the song um, that you played here, just a beautiful just experience of listening uh, to that sound and songwriting. But also for you in, 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 uh, with like a visual and some of the things that you've encountered and looked at as far as visual arts, one of the things I found very interesting in doing the podcast is the primacy of the audio, like in the podcast format, and talking to folks who are really proficient and skilled in that, but also hearing about like the visual aspects of how those things are keyed in uh, as well. Do you feel in your creating, particularly with your focus uh, as a musician, you able to integrate both of those things that are important for you, or do you feel sometimes you have to focus a little more on the sound primarily as a musician. I have a very, um, the way that I write and the way that I, I play music, I don't, it's very interesting, my approach, because it's all um, encompassing in just my, my voice and my guitar. I don't have a really good sense as to production around it. I lean heavily on, on friends. Um, and this is, this is true of, of the past um, in past bands that I've been in is where I I can write a song but I don't really have an understanding as to how to build that song out into the um, into like the actual art of it sure know, sure the production pieces, of it yeah. I do not have an understanding of that and when it comes to actual the the music part of it is half half of the stuff I'm, I'm playing I don't know what the chords are <laughs> it's just it makes sense to me melodically. Um, just the feel of it. 
the way that I approach that the the songwriting and kind of in all of my art and now thinking about it, it's very humanistic. I would always draw people, and when I'm writing songs, I'm always writing about people. I like the empathetic side of art of like capturing capturing the humanness of everyone in whether or not you are uh, the villain in the story or if you are the hero in the story, you have to have an empathy of uh, approaching their story to them um, in a meaningful way. Yeah. I, uh, uh, within the, within the podcast, uh, we have had a natural gravitation towards stories in like singer songwriter, like storytelling primarily as, uh, and um, there's something so, so deeply powerful. And one of the things I wanted to mention is I saw you, you know, a description, one I think that's difficult for uh, musicians to describe you. What is it you do? What kind of music? And I enjoyed that you'd written, uh, write murder ballads, jukebox, ro uh, jukebox romances, and love songs in between. And I felt I captured, like, somehow captured the vibe of, you know, of, 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 of what you're doing. Uh, big question to ask, and there's been a lot of talk. It's one of the big questions uh, of the show, and it's related to... Uh, you know, your identity as an artist about what is art and, and what, what you think art is. Because one of the ways I pose it is that people who create, dedicate themselves so much to creating, you know, art, like countless thousands of hours. And I'm just interested in the deep question of what it is and what, what you're trying to do. So the, the question is, uh, what is art? Um, I mean, for me, art is an expression of, again, just like that, that storytelling, the, the either through whatever, whatever medium that you're using for your art, if you are storytelling through, through paint, through charcoal, through um, acting, through, through songs, through um, writing stories, um, I try to combine the the um, the storytelling and the music part of it um, encapsulate that in in my my songs. Um, I think that when it comes to art and how I think of it is just being true to myself, being very um, wanting to wanting to convey stories that don't necessarily get told all the time, uh, humanizing um, these these situations. It's a yeah yeah. Yeah, I really, I really, uh, I really appreciate that. Um, talk about Nashville, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, when when I'm kind of naive about things, I, I'm gonna admit it like out loud, right? So I'm a, I grew up in Rhode Island, so I'm a Northerner, Yankee, and I don't know, I I know there's shows about Nashville, and I know country music, and there's production, and there's a lot of people go through Nashville, so I know that narrative, but I don't know. Nashville uh, at all. I, and one of the things I, want, I was interested in is um, I know you've had some experiences kind of coming in contact with other artists and collaboration and learning. And uh, I think with the podcast that like coming in contact with artists is like the heart and soul is like, what are you up to? What are you doing? And why are you trying uh, to do it? So is there a way you can convey like what those experiences have been as far as helping you develop as a as as a songwriter in Nashville that you could convey? Yeah, definitely. Um prior to moving out to Nashville, I had never done any co-writes. Like I had never 
sat down and had one of those those experiences of where I've shared a songwriting experience um, like that. Um, we've uh, and going into a room, especially when you're writing for somebody else, is it's it's very hard to approach if you're not used to it. Um, I've learned a ton from those experiences. Some things that uh, I've uh, I've definitely taken to heart and uh, done some self-reflection on my my songwriting prior to having those experiences, and then also taking that information and using it going forward in my songwriting. Like, um, for example, I was notorious for writing six-minute songs um, because I thought that I needed to say all the things that I needed to say. And now looking back at some of the songs that I've written um, in my past, it's like, what, what am I doing here? Am I, am I actually progressing the song forward at all? Am I, or am I, I am, or am I only using this time to kind of flex on a one line that doesn't really move the story that is not progressing anything for the listener? Um, and just the structure of the songs and, and really, I've learned a lot from, from some of the people that I've written with and it's, it's very, there is a very commercial side to Nashville where they say, if you can't write a song that's three and a half minutes, it's never going to get played. And there is some real truth to that where mm -hmm. people are looking for songs that they can instantly plug, that they can sync, that they are, they know that isn't going, is going to have somebody's attention for the, the appropriate amount of time and then they'll move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, one of the things uh, I've enjoyed is, uh, talking to artists in different geographies. And one of the things that I delve deeper, which I've known, but really, uh, digging into the experience of a scene. So I'll give you an example. Um, I knew about Seattle in the 90s and some of the background culture, but as I dug into it, it became very apparent how radical, transformative, and unique it was, both with like written form and music and cultural and changes in politics as a, as a scene. So I became interested in places and what they do like to develop art. Another example I'd give is the DC underground, which I've had friends, uh, DC underground punk from the nineties, which is a unique movement. And just one of the things I like to do is, is, is kind of get the feel of your experience in, in the place, uh, you know, in the place that you are, how long have you been, uh, in Nashville? Five years now. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. 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 And, um, have you gotten to play with, uh, just like, uh, people you might've known of, like really wanted to play with, or, you know, what's, what's it been like as far as collaborating and performing? I've been doing a lot of, um, I've, I've, I've been very fortunate and, um, fell in with some very, very, um, talented people out in Nashville. Um, people in East Nashville where there tends to be a bit more of, uh, it's less country. It's more, um, more, you know, Americana or pop, um, that movement out there. Um, very fortunate working with them. Um, done a lot of writers rounds. Uh, I have a, sh I have a, a show next, uh, next Wednesday, 
um, at the basement with one of my, my good friends, Meredith, um, and it's her birthday and my, basically it's going to be my EP release show. Yeah. Right. Kind of what that's going to be. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's, I've, I've had a lot of, a lot of fun going and playing these writers rounds where you get on stage with three or four other people and you don't know them at all. And you just trade off songs for an hour and the amount of networking and the amount of people that I've I've met through those scenarios and those those experiences has been great. Some of my closest friends have come out of those experiences. I've um, scheduled rights and 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 uh, gotten great songs out of those experiences. Um, it's just it's very very cool being in a city where everybody is a musician and everybody wants the same thing everybody wants to write songs everybody wants to perform songs and you are just absorbing everything around you and the cool thing about that town is that for the most part everybody wants people to succeed they want you to succeed because then you succeed then i know you and then you know you just move like a like a pot of gold, sure. pot of fish like going through the ocean like i'm going to take this that we're all moving through this together. And um, when I've been there for five years and I'm witnessing a lot of the people that I move there around the same time with in their groups of friends having a very similar rise and experience of where they're going out on these big tours supporting larger acts. Um, uh, my friend Meg McCree, she's opening for Marcus King Band this year. Like, mm -hmm. like like things are happening for people that yeah. are very close to me, which is really, really cool to see. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. And that's the piece of like understanding how that how that happens. And um, I do think it's a, a big question that that you bring up and kind of like underlies the show at times is, you know, the idea of the market and what the market demands and what does competition do to like further potential to force you to become sharper and what does competition do to <laughs> that might be a little bit more pollutive put you know pollution in the system so um i really appreciate uh, appreciate your comments around that and learning a bit about um your experience okay there's no good way to ask the big question i always ask in 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 the show um the big question about what your thoughts about why is there something rather than nothing? If I had to put it in the context of art, I think it's more of... You can, you can think of all of the reasons why not to do something, and it will prevent you from growing. And I think that with doing art and and expressing yourself if you're not continuing to do that and exploring that it's very limiting um going out and and you know approaching a song that you don't know how it's going to end you don't know if it's going to be the worst song you ever written or it's going to be brilliant but if you don't even attempt to approach it because it's too big of a, of a concept, you'll never write it. Um, I think so I would lean towards, you know, something more than nothing as in what you're producing. What, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I wanted to ask a, a very different question because I've been interested in it for a while. It's about um, being on the stage there as a singer and guitar. Like one of the things when I talk to guests who do, who, who do performance, I get uh, excited about some have to do some of the thrilling stuff. I think of, I brought up stand-up comedians, right? It's like the thing I could be most fearful, like something I really deeply want to try, but I can honestly admit that it is so scary. And I've always thought that uh, those who perform with the, on the stool, maybe up there, that, that in, in the content of the songs and the intimacy of uh, love, being made a fool of, all those type of things create such intimacy. Is there something different about being a singer-songwriter and, and sitting up there with your type of songs that it's just, <laughs> it's right there, a little more raw? When I perform, I don't look at anybody. Yeah. Like, I keep my eyes down. I know a lot of people who engage, in, engage with the audience and very well, but I've never been able to do that. I'm not sure if that's if that's uh, just because I get sidetracked really easily, or if it is because I I feel like I'm being judged. Um, I mean, it could be both, honestly. Yeah. But uh, I definitely feel like playing on playing on stage and having that guitar. There's this. There is a sense of um, you're guarded ah. with that guitar there. And if I ever ah. have to play without a guitar. I feel so naked. <laughs> I feel so awkward. What am I doing up here? Yeah, like um, doing karaoke, for example, like yeah. just getting up and singing, like my hands in my pocket. I like feel so awkward. Um, getting, uh, but getting up on stage initially was terrifying. But going up there and and playing, um, I've definitely gotten used to it. And especially in writer's rounds when you're not the only person on stage and it's similar to like playing in a band, like you are a collective, like you always have people next to you experiencing the exact same thing with you, which decreases the anxiety. Now to your, to your example of doing stand-up comedy, that's gotta be really, really tough. <laughs> yeah. That sounds terrifying. I, uh, uh, talked about times like observing the uh high wire act in arts at time when you're seeing it and just just watching you know for me that could be some great wrestling clips in the 1980s from the world wrestling federation as well as just seeing seeing the absolute you know risk in in front of everybody so mm -hmm. um I just want to thank you for doing like everything, everything you do um, and listening to music. I do think it's special. And one of the things um, that uh, Peter Bauer, our uh, producer and, and myself really like to try to do is we get excited about music and we got a podcast and we're like, people need to hear about this. You need to hear this music because it's that good and it's that excitement. So you're definitely right there within within the realm of that. And um, very pleased um, that you'll be sharing uh, some some more songs uh, with us. Um, no, no pressure or anything, but any just general words about the the, the songs that you have and uh, uh, we'll be playing. Um, yeah, I have. Um... I have a song uh, that I, I wrote with uh, my good friend Henry Brill called Vision of You. Um, it's, uh, it's about a, a trucker who's, uh, who's pining after a, a hitchhiker that he, 
that he picked up years and years before. And I had this vision of, you know, Henry had the, the first line of um, Bible in the dresser, but we weren't there for prayer and how that kind of, how that evolved into like this roadside motel. And then that roadside motel turned into uh, a trucker. And then it just, it just kind of built and built and built. And then just, uh, we put it to, put it to bed for, for a while and then came back to it. And I said, I want it to be about a trucker. Like every time he sees like the back of a hitchhiker, that that's the person that he, like he picked up years ago and is pining after this, this person that is, it's never that person. And he's looking for that, that moment again. Let's do uh, dead or alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, dead or alive. Um, that's a song about, uh, that's a song about, uh, a bounty hunter. Um, I tried making it, I tried making the bounty hunter, uh, death at one point, but I backed myself into a corner. And when I told my mom, about that story. She goes, that's an interesting take on that. But how would he hear the person? And I said, death, mom, not deaf, death. <laughs> uh, what else could I do? I could do the jukebox song. Um, yeah, for the record, uh, I was um, listening to Josh Ritter um, and Kathleen, his song Kathleen came on, and in that in that song, there's a line called uh, "There's a song." Yeah, there, in that song, there's a line uh, of Wurlitzer Heart, and I thought, what if a jukebox was actually like a person and in love with a bartender in some like CD bar? What what would that be? And that just kind of evolved from there. Left the moat. 
hotel sorted and shamed Was that all I was for you? A welcome distraction in a Super 8 A few miles down the road And some pocket change Dimes for the diner I called to Denver Wonder what you look like Dead or 
cut a man down in Wichita Over a game of five-card draw and a slide To your pride Grow your hair, change your name I still see your face through it all Waiting and 
Thanks so much for the music, Michael. I wanted to make sure the listeners of the show have a chance to to find where you play, uh, to find your new EEP, to find out about the art that you do. What can you tell everybody where to find you? Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for having me. This has been a, it's been a great experience. Um, if anybody is interested in, you know, following up and listening to the music, all of uh, I have an EP that just came out on Friday, that is going to be available is is available on all streaming platforms wherever you, you want to find it, uh, under Michael Conley. Um, if you want to follow me on social, uh, I am I sleep in my jeans on uh, on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Um, yeah, uh, and then if you are ever in the Nashville area, I play out once or twice a, a month so please follow and like and subscribe and all that stuff yeah thank you so much michael um i know we got a, a track we're putting here at the end uh, uh from from your ep called shadow of the cross i've had the opportunity to listen it's a really beautiful moving uh track anything else you want to uh, mention to folks as that song uh takes us out yeah this is this song is um one of one of the favorite songs I've, I've ever been a part of. Um, my my friend Hadley Canary, who is an amazing singer songwriter um, in Asheville, uh, I brought this to her in a in a co write. Um, I was listening to, I think it was right around the uh, the George Floyd uh, time, and there was uh, there was an uh, interview on NPR 
about tattoo parlors giving out free tattoos to cover up hate speech tattoos. And I thought that that was a very interesting, like the person who would be going to this, who had that kind of hate speech on their skin, realizing what they had on them and approaching it in getting it, getting it washed away from themselves. And, and that kind of tied in a lot with the conversations that I was having with friends who were really struggling with continuing to go to church as well in that time, uh, specifically around how ugly the country had gotten during that time. So I brought that idea to, uh, my friend Hadley and we wrote this song in an afternoon and it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And those powerful themes of, uh, cleansing redemption and, uh, Thank you for the track, and everybody uh, enjoy Shadow of the Cross. Oh, mama, take a look at what I've done. It's written in my skin, it's running through my blood. Oh, mama. What the hell have I become When all I ever wanted Was to be my father's son But all the things I've lost In the shadow of the cross They hate manifest by fear And oh, in all the false prophets Paved a road of empty promise But I can't stay here Oh mama I know you never meant me harm You couldn't see the darkness For the shelter of his arm Oh, mama, I'm not here to point the blame It wouldn't make a difference No, it doesn't fade the shame From all the things I've lost In the shadow of the cross The hate manifest by fear And no, we know the false prophets Promise, and I don't know where to go, but I can't stay. Shadow of the cross, the 
pain manifest by fear And no, we follow false prophets Down a road of empty promise And I don't know where we go No, I don't know where we go No, I don't know where we go is something rather than nothing.